Welcome to episode 78 of the Let's Be Real podcast. What? 78? Hard to believe. Those of you who have been around from the beginning, which I don't know if there's many of you, you know that my very goal is to get past seven episodes, and here we are 10 times beyond that. I don't know if that's really cool or if... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. We're going to go with cool for today. I want to talk about prayer with you today. So I have this book that I was gifted. It is called The Weekly Prayer Project. It's one small journaling reflection um, and connection and challenge to God, one a week. I will add this link into the show notes in case you want to take a look at it, get it for yourself. It's pretty cool. I'll be honest, I've had it for years, and I'm really only done a handful of the weeks. I, I bounce around. I might be halfway through. But I was doing one this week, and it was technically week four in the book, and it's called Up to God. And it's based on the verse Exodus 2, 23. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help of their slavery went up to God. So this is at the point where the Israelites have greatly increased in numbers, and they're living in Egypt. And this is, if you back up to the story of Joseph, which we actually talked about a few episodes ago, where Joseph is in Egypt, and he's stewarding the land well because of a coming famine. And his family ends up coming to him, and he stays there through a long, crazy series of events, which is such an awesome story. And the Israelites are given the land of Goshen, and they stay, and they greatly multiply. But when that Joseph's king, Pharaoh, from his generation, he dies. The next one is like, oh, sweet, I've got me some slaves. So they grow and grow in number, and the slavery becomes incredibly oppressive. So we see them, just their cries of their horrible, difficult, painful, oppressive life going up to God, to the ears of God, that he heard their cries. And it really made me reflect on something, which I will share in a minute. But as I was preparing for this and just the discussion on prayer, I realized I can just be all over the place depending on the day with how I feel about prayer. Like, yes, ask God for all of the things the Bible tells us to go boldly before the throne and make our requests known to God, right? And then some days I'm like, no, we need to just be praying for God's will because that's what's going to be superior anyway. And then I'm just like, oh, Don't ask for anything other than that our hearts be made the same and one with him. Like, I can just go all over the place. And I think it's definitely because I recognize all the different impacts that prayer has. And instead of seeing it as one full picture, I separate them out a little bit. Does anybody else have that? I know people have because I've had questions about like, well, then why do we pray if God doesn't change his mind and things like that? And I saw a very helpful video by the Gospel Project, talking about prayer and providence and how providence, right? God has a plan. He has a picture. He's got this whole thing worked out. And then there's also the prayer of his people. And a lot of times we pit them one against another. Like, but God already has a plan, so why am I praying? When really they're supposed to be seen as working in conjunction with one another. God has the means and the method the plan and the prayer, sometimes that prayer is the means of calling his children and his people to act. So I thought it was very helpful for me. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, they're not against each other. They work together. And that a lot of times can be part of God's plan is the prayers of his people. 
But ultimately, I feel like when I come into the Lord's presence many times in prayer and I'm just sit and I'm still, which can be hard, and I just stay, especially when I'm really struggling or confused by things, what I come away from it many, many times is asking the Lord, just give me your heart to see the things you, the way you see it, and just give me peace. So I oftentimes feel a lot of comfort in in prayer, in knowing that I'm here so that my heart aligns with yours, because I don't always trust myself with my requests, because I can ask for a lot of selfish, wrong things that he's like, yeah, no, I'm not giving you that. And I know that uh, my very temporal perspective isn't always very trustworthy. So like, all right, God, so what am I even supposed to be asking for here? Has anybody wrestled with this whole thing of prayer? I am sure I am not alone. So just in thinking about prayer and searching for prayer and doing a little bit of research, I came across this article, interesting factoids, if you would like, about prayer in the Bible. There are 650 prayers listed in the Bible, and there is a very comprehensive and complete list online if you would like to see them. And there are approximately 450 recorded answers to prayer in the Bible, which is pretty cool. The first time we see prayer mentioned is pretty early, Genesis 4, 26, when Adam and Eve have Seth after the Cain and Abel episode, and it says, and then the people started calling upon the name of the Lord. The Bible records Jesus praying 25 different times in his earthly ministry, and if that's not enough of reason to be a person in prayer, I don't know what is. And I'm like, if he himself, part man and part God, is praying and dependent on prayer, then that needs to become a much bigger habit and part of my own walk and my own life, if I do say so myself. Paul mentions prayer, prayer, prayer reports, prayer requests, exhortations, calling for people to pray over 41 times. Talks about five different body positions that are specifically listed throughout Scripture in ways to pray. It's sitting, standing, kneeling. Honestly, kneeling has the most scriptural backup with one's face to the ground and with hands lifted up. Jesus models for his disciples how they should pray in the Lord's Prayer. Five areas of focus are pulled out of that. The focus on his, God's everlasting glory. The focus on his eternal will. The focus on our present. The focus on our past when it comes to forgiveness and that it's granted. And then God's deliverance is going to be provided to the focus on our future. And then it lists nine different types of prayer and discusses the word amen, which means let it be, so be it, verily and truly. And even just the idea of the amen, the closing, so be it, let it be. God, whatever you've got, it is, and I am here. So many times prayer is an opportunity for us to come before the Lord, to connect with him, to sit, to be still, to have some solitude to listen, to be changed, for our heart to align with his. And from that, we can have growth, we can have wisdom, we can have challenge. And so many times, prayer is actually paired with action. We see God hearing people's prayers and then acting on them. This combination of providence and prayer, of God's plan, often in times includes his people's prayer. It's because our action also comes out of that to help be those hands and feet of Jesus and those answer to prayer. Okay, so what is the thing that has really made me think and meditate on this whole idea of prayer and on this verse, Exodus 2, 23, that has just been impactful 
for me, and maybe it'll be helpful for you. So this is why I share. I have recently, in the last couple months, taken a part-time job as a waitress. I did it in college, and I loved it, and it was so much fun. And I was like, oh, I should get out of the house. I should just go get a job for a couple days a week. And here I am. And there are some people at this restaurant that I work at that have this really great habit of saying the word heard. So if you're carrying a tray of stuff and you're coming around the corner and you're heading into the dish station, because it's, for some, a blind corner, if you're coming and you do not want to be bumped and you don't know if there's anybody on the other side coming out, you just yell or say loudly, corner. And some people that work there, and they must have been trained at other restaurants to do so, will say heard. And I was always like, oh, that's new. I don't remember that when I was in college serving. Like, okay, that's good to know. Now I know there's somebody around that corner. They know I'm coming, and they actually are now getting out of the way or moving to one side. They're making space. They hear you, and then they kind of do something about it. They move, and you work together. And it's like, okay, I like this. I like this. I can't say that I'm real good about saying heard yet, but it has made me think like, oh, that's a very helpful, simple action. Well, well, this last week... I went and I was talking to one of the other employees. I said, hey, if they cut, I know you were here first. If you want to go home early, great. If you want me to go home early so that you can stay, I am absolutely willing and blah, blah, blah. So we're talking face to face. We're standing right in front of each other. And she's watching me with her eyes like we have eye contact. I am very aware of the fact that she is hearing the things that I'm saying. She's nodding. I know that she's understanding. But at the end, when I finally finished my, finally, it was like a 10-second encounter. She just looked at me and she went, heard. And I was like, huh. And she, sh- and she walked away and moved on to something else. I just kind of stood there for a second. I was like, wow. I, huh. I liked that. That was interesting. What a way to answer. Like, I don't have an answer for you. I don't know what I want, what I don't want, what I am going to do, and what I'm not going to do. But I, but I heard you. I heard the words, but I also understood them. And I am acknowledging them. It was a very profound impact, and it really just made me go, I really like that. The importance of feeling acknowledged. Like, we move through day so often, talking, saying, like, hey, can you do this? And we can say things really fast, and it can be lost in translation. We can send a text that people don't get and we think they got it and communication can be so hard and you don't even always have verification that somebody not only heard what you were saying but fully understood what you were trying to get across. That when this coworker looked at me and said heard, I was like, huh, I love that. How heard, <laughs> it made me feel understood quite frankly. Like, oh, okay, she got it. She knows what I'm saying. I then sit down with this Bible passage in Exodus where it says, the cries of the Israelites went up to God. He heard them. And it made me think of all the times I wrestle with the idea of prayer. Like, okay, is it because he wants to give me good gifts so I should ask for these things? Is it because I'm supposed to act? Am I praying for his will because this is better than mine anyway and I don't really know what I should be praying about? Is this really about just being, getting my heart in tune? Like, I will ask all these questions about prayer. And what I sat with comforted was like, regardless of why you think you're praying, and like, girl, come on, get it together, figure it out. This is a great spiritual practice, is that you're heard. The cries of your heart, maybe even your confusion or frustration over prayer, is that you're heard. And not just listened to, the words weren't just heard, 
But if I could picture God just looking at me straight in my eyes like my coworker and said, heard, what comfort I get in that. Things may not change. I mean, she went home early. I didn't go home early, right? Like nothing changed. The situation stayed exactly the way it was so it was originally intended to. But this comfort, this ease, I don't know what it is, this rest of the spirit, like, oh, I've been heard, has gone a long way. And looking at prayer now, just knowing that whatever happens, however things play out, that I have so much peace in picturing God hearing and understanding, knowing and just kind of acknowledging. That goes a long way for me. I don't know if it goes a long way for you. I would love to hear from you. How does this idea of heard, not simply being hearing and listening, but understanding and acknowledging? (laughs) Yeah, we don't always get the word heard back from God, right? But hearing and seeing here in Exodus that their cries and their pleas, they rose up to God and he heard them. I know we see that in scripture over and over and over. But what great comfort in knowing that we have been heard.